what happened with this vaccine that we're getting right now is the spike protein just keeps on being stimulated and we haven't done enough research on it to know exactly when that specifically stops. And that's going to keep your immune system revved up all the time. And that's what really is a concern with the autoimmunity uh, with this, because what happens if your immune system is stimulated all the time? It's going to cross-react with other proteins in our body and potentially be an issue. You're listening to the Integrative Medical Podcast with Dr. Jake, a licensed naturopathic doctor who will show you how to tap into your body's natural ability to heal your health issue and improve your symptoms quickly without harmful drugs or devastating surgeries. So pour some tea, get comfortable where you are, and enjoy this healing episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I am Teresa. I'm a health nut. I'm a wife to a cancer fighter, and I'm here with Dr. Jake to talk about natural immunity versus vaccinated immunity. Hot topic right now, and I'm really thrilled to talk with you, Dr. Jake, about this topic. Yeah, so it's going to be an exciting time to be able to talk about this because I think there's a lot of debate on what natural immunity is, what's vaccinated immunity, what is better, what's not. It's an interesting concept right now of how there's a debate on this. So it's going to be fun to dive into this. Now, I know we're entering, you know, a, a the flu season, which is why I think a lot of this this topic is is interesting, right? People are getting their flu shots and those types of things to prepare. What are you, uh, what are you doing right now to prepare for uh, the flu season? So what I do to prepare is I keep my immune system healthy. So how do we do that to keep the immune system healthy? Is we, we should give it certain nutrients so we could t- take certain supplements to do that. We could get that from our food also, but like keeping our vitamin D in a good range because during this time of year, vitamin D goes down. And that's one of the big reasons why people get sick. Keeping my vitamin C up. I'm focusing on limiting my sugar. This is probably the most important time to limit your sugar, which is interesting because this is the time we eat the most sugar, which is going to make it more, you're going to, it suppresses your immune system. So you're going to be more prone to getting sick. So I'm trying to eat the best I can, exercise, take take the appropriate amount of nutrients and this really limits me from getting sick. You know, I just got a new app, just a little side note. I'll put a link in the description box, but it's been really helpful for me. It's a little app that based on where you're located, you can plug in your information on where you're located on the world map. And it'll tell you when your next opportunity is for vitamin D synthesis. And, Mm. um, and then based on, you can plug in like how much you're supplementing with if, or if you're not, and then it gives you an estimate as to how much vitamin D that you currently have each day. And then, you know, what you should take. I'm oh, loving cool. that. And uh, right now, I just checked my app yesterday. I live, and Dr. Jake and I both live in a similar area. We live in North Utah. And according to the app, my next opportunity for vitamin D synthesis is in 57 days. So even if oh, I yeah. worked outside, even if I went outside right now, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon with a tank top in this cold mm-hmm. weather thinking, oh, I'm going to get some vitamin D. It ain't going to happen because of the way that the sun is angled and so forth. I'm definitely supplementing right now during this season two to make sure that my immune system is staying strong. Mm -hmm. So a little side note there. I know everyone who's watching is eager to learn about natural immunity versus vaccinated immunity. But before we begin, we want to remind our audience that this is just a podcast, right, Dr. Jake? Yeah, so this is just a podcast. I'm not necessarily going to dive into if you should be vaccinated or not or anything like that. I'm just giving information. So if you really want to get more information and dive into this in detail with me, you can call, uh, visit my website, Integrative Medicum, 
www.thepodcastmarketingmusicgroup.com. Find our phone number and give my receptionist a call and we can really dive into this. Yeah. And each one of those, I think, will be, you know, pertain to your particular health journey, where you're at, what's going on with your body. Uh, what we're going to talk about is going to be very once over. Anybody, you know, can can learn from it and, and then talk with their doctor about it. Okay. So let's start off at the top because we're talking about doctors and typically doctors are the ones who, you know, give these types of things. Are most doctors educated in immunology? I mean, as a doctor, you get basic understanding of immunology and how the immune system works. You don't go in detail like an immunologist that's going to be more, uh, you could go into that later, go through medical school training and then specialize into that area. But basically most doctors just get a basic understanding of immunology. And when we talk about vaccination, we get very little understanding of exactly how the vaccine is working. We receive basic understanding of how it works, but no detail of like what is specifically in the vaccines, what's the specific side effects of the vaccine. We just learn about how it works pretty much and don't learn a bunch about the other aspects of the vaccine. And I think a lot of that is rooted in the fact that, you know, most doctors, MDs are, are, are trained in, it's called like allopathy, allopathy. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that really, you know, is just treating symptoms, right? So it's all about, you know, whatever we need to do to, to fix your symptoms or to minimize those symptoms without really looking at what is the root cause and how do you solve those types of things. And so it makes sense to me that they're not going to have a whole ton of education in some of these because, you know, just fix the problem, just cover it up, you know, right away. Now, what about you? Like integrate, you're an integrative naturopath as this type of doctor, which is not a typical, like not a typical MD. Do you get training? I obviously you're not an immunologist, but what's mm. the difference in the type of training that you get when it comes to this type of topic versus the typical yeah, MD? I would say we maybe get a little bit more information in immunology. And to be honest, uh, in my field of medicine, we didn't learn enough about vaccination either. So I had to really do a lot of my own research after I graduated from medical school, I did do study in medical school too, but I had to do it after to really get detailed knowledge because even in my medical school training, I didn't get enough information really understanding what's in there. I got more than a, the conventional MD, but not close to enough information to really understand how the vaccine absolutely works in several different scenarios, looking at what specific ingredients are in each vaccine and what is the specific side effects very little training in that area. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, based on what you've learned, I mean, you've done a lot of your own research and and what I like about that is that because you're a doctor, when you're doing research, you're able to read these medical journals and these, you know, the the research that's been done and be able to probably better understand it than um, the average layman who might be looking through this which, you know, helps me trust you a lot in, in what you've learned and, and how you apply this. So let's start off with um, talking about, you know, what happens when your body is introduced to a wild or natural vi- virus versus what happens when your body is introduced to a, vac- a vaccinated type of version of the virus and what happens with your body as far as immunization goes. So when you are exposed to a natural virus, your immune system is going to see it. The virus is going to have these little proteins on the outside that your immune system is going to start recognizing. So first you're going to have your innate immunity going to be stimulated. Your dendritic cells, macrophages are going to be stimulated to go after the virus. 
but then you're going to have a T-cell response that's going to happen. This is T-cells that are going to be released from your thymus um, and other areas of your body to get that response. And then you're going to later have your B-cells uh, signal your body to start making antibodies to the virus. And that's where long-term immunity comes from is when you get these antibodies, which are these memory cells that are always going to remember this form of virus and be able to really get your immune system stimulated quickly to go after that specific virus. So that's what happens when you do get exposed to it. Your immune system goes through several different processes, go through several different cells are stimulated to go after that specific pathogen. And then when you get that vi uh, wild virus, you're able to get long-term immunity that usually will last for at least 10 more years or maybe uh, for a lifetime in many instances. So it's a very robust immune system response that we do get. Now, a vaccinated immunity, you're going to get a, a piece of a virus or you're going to get a weakened live virus or a dead virus that's going to stimulate your immune system in a similar way, but in a different way. What we are finding in the research that you don't get as robust of an immune response to the vaccine as you do to the natural immunity. And that's the reason why you have to get several different shots and sequences to be able to actually get the longer term immunity when you are vaccinated is just not as robust of a response that we're seeing in that group. And in many instances, we're seeing that likely there is waning immunity that happens with vaccination that we aren't seeing when you do get exposed to the natural immunity response. So am I hearing it right that typically because of the, the weakened version the way that it's introduced to the body that you're not going to get lifelong immunity as you would if you encountered that virus naturally. No, that's not what we're really seeing. Now we are seeing that the measles virus and polio virus are working pretty well, but when we, it's working well, I mean, very few mental cases are out there. They do happen. We do have them out there and it's not totally eliminating the virus or polio, but it has done a pretty good job. So, but those specific viruses are doing a pretty good job with the vaccination, but well, I was recently just reading research articles, but they were seeing that the polio and mesovirus, the immunity was waning. And when you looked at the antibodies, the antibodies were much more robust and the other, other immunological factors were much more robust in the natural immunity group than the vaccinated group. So there is that decreased immunity. So yes, you're going to have more lifelong immunity if you get the natural exposure than if you just get the vaccinated uh, exposure to get your immunization. What vaccines are usually, what are they made of? Uh, and how is that, how is that different um, than the newest jab that people have been getting with the, the current thing that's going around? So what are they made of? So that's that's a huge concept. There's all kinds of stuff that go into the vaccine. So I'm not going to dive into everything that is in the vaccine because that's quite complicated. But let's say this, the regular vaccines that we've had, they've all been in a certain category. We can have live virus, which is weakened. We have a piece of the virus and then we have a dead virus. That's how we got this immunological response and how we stimulated many times we put, there's certain antigens that are put in there to stimulate the immunological function. Like there has been mercury put in there, aluminum to stimulate that effect. Uh, there's formaldehyde and all kinds of things that uh, go into the vaccine. So I'm not gonna really dive into that more there either. But so there's that piece, that's how all of our other vaccines, the measles, the polio, 
moms, etc. All those are this in this these three categories there. Um, so the difference between the jab that we have right now is it's not this. I don't know if I can necessarily call it a vaccine. I guess I can because it is stimulating antibodies, but it is a vaccine that is also a genetic therapy. And anyone that says it isn't genetic therapy is really not understanding what's happening there because it is. Uh, so it's an mRNA vaccine because what it's doing is it has a code in there when you get that jab to make your the inside of your cells start making spike protein. It genetically sends a code in there to do that. And then your body makes a lot of spike protein. Let's go back to what spike protein is. Spike protein is on the outside of, let's say, the virus that's going around right now that has a spike protein. All viruses have that. But right now, okay. we, get, we talk about the spike protein with the virus that's going around right now. So you have that spike protein. That's where your immune system is going to start responding to it. We talked about all these proteins on the outside. But what it's doing is just responding to that specific spike protein. We all have all kinds of other proteins on the outside of the virus. Okay. But we have that spike protein. But then what this vaccination does is it makes your body start making that spike protein. And then that's going to stimulate a lot of antibodies being produced because that spike protein is being blooded out of there. So that works in a completely different way than these other vaccinations. And it's a little, it's concerning to me because when does the spike protein stop? And what about the side effects of the too much stimulation of the immune system and all the autoimmune potentialities there? It's concerning there because it's, it's stimulating the immune system much more than other vaccinations do. Because, and it's also making your body make that foreign particle all the time. If, if they encountered the virus naturally, yeah, what would happen with this spike yeah. protein? So it's completely different. So when you get exposed to the naturally, your, your bot, your, the virus is going to be there. It's going to have the spike protein out of the, on the outside. Your immune system is going to be stimulated. It's going to make antibodies to it. And the virus is going to be eliminated eventually, or at least go into remission for a while. And then that spike protein isn't there anymore. What happened with this vaccine that we're getting right now is the spike protein just keeps on being stimulated. And we haven't done enough research on it to know exactly when that specifically stops. And that's going to keep your immune system revved up all the time. And that's what really is a concern with the autoimmunity uh, with this, because what happens if your immune system is stimulated all the time? It's going to cross-react with other proteins in our body and potentially be an issue. But there's the difference there between uh, the specific mRNA vaccines that we have. And even the J&J shot has a DNA code in there on the adenovirus that's added that does stimulate spike protein inside your body too. So we can't say, oh, I'm going to get the J&J shot because it, this one's just like the other vaccinations. No, it's not. It's different. It's a, it's a, it uses genetics also. It, it has the adenovirus to stimulate that neurological effect, but it also has an insertion of a genetic code to stimulate the spike protein in your body also. Yeah. I know a few people who have had some immune, you know, like already had immune, an overactive immune system who definitely have noticed some immune issues uh, that have happened because of their, their bodies being on like just hyperdrive constantly after, after getting that one. So it's very, very interesting how it is a little different. It's a bit different than traditional vaccinations and how those work. So yeah. you've touched on how long uh, natural immunity last, which you said mentioned, you said it could be up to 10 years and sometimes even lifelong. And then, you know, you touched on vaccinations and how those don't last as long. That's why we end up needing boosters because of that. So I think that that's, we've, we've covered that. Let's, let's dive in a little bit more to a couple of these other things. Can you spread a virus if you have, if you already have natural immunity? So let's say I've had, I already caught the measles when I was a kid or the chicken box. 
now I'm around, you know, somebody else who might, might have it. Can I continue to spread it around even though I am not having symptoms because I have natural immunity? If you've been exposed to the virus and you are not going to be exposed to that virus and you're not going to spread the specific virus, but let's say there is a mutation of that virus, your immune system is going to be stronger towards that virus and it's going to be able to clear it more clear uh, quickly, but you could still likely still get exposed to that different mutated virus because it is different now. It's slightly different, but it is different. So you could still get that virus if, if it's mutated. That's why you could still get the flu every year because there's a mutation of flu influenza A and B that's happening all the time. So that's but, why we we typically have like a new flu vaccine every year is because yeah. the, it's mutated. If you caught the flu last year, is that enough to protect you this year? Or like, will you not get as sick? Will you get just as sick as if you didn't have anything? Like, how does that work? That's a good question. That's all debatable. In all, in all honesty, the most changing fields in medicine right now is in, in immunology and in oncology. And these are very similar topics. Oncology is cancer, immunology is the study of the immune system, and oncology is a lot of study about the immune system. So we keep on learning new stuff about in these fields all the time. So what I learned in my medical school training is so different than now what's being taught in medical school because it's changing all the time of our understanding of the immune system. Yeah, so if you've been exposed to the flu virus, yeah, you're going to have a mute, uh, easier ability to eliminate that virus. And just being exposed to bugs in general keeps your immune system on hyper alert and strong. So you want to always be exposed to bugs, so you're going to be, have a greater uh, ability to fight it off. So that's going to be the case with the flu virus too. But you still likely can still get that virus and still have a bad effect to it, even if you got exposed to it before. And that's the case with vaccination also, if you got the vaccine to the flu shot, you're going to have to always get a vaccine every year to, for the other strains that are out there because you're not going to have a good effect there. Now, is, that's different, though, than like if you got the polio vaccine or you got the measles yeah. vaccine, right? Like yeah. how is how is the how is the uh, like a coronavirus or a flu virus different than polio or measles or some of these other viruses uh, and how it affects, you know, how often you need a vaccine or how often you get sick from it? So easy way of thinking of it is viruses do mutate, all of them, but viruses mutate in a different way and how quickly they do mutate. So coronaviruses and flu viruses mutate very quickly and they also mutate in such, and their mutations allow them to be able to get in the cells really effectively. What we're noticing with measles is they mutate, not as fast, but when they do mutate, their proteins aren't able to get into the cell very well when they do mutate. So that's why when we do get the measles vaccine, it's able to last a long time because it's not mutating as much in the effect and measles isn't very good at mutating there. That's the same case with polio that we did see some mutation of a polio virus that was happening, I forget, in some country. But it just doesn't mutate as readily as the coronaviruses and the flu viruses. And that's why it's so difficult to create a vaccine. And you always need to keep on having boosters or keep on getting a vaccine every year because of that continual uh, uh, change there. And go into this. So, so let's say the mRNA vaccine that we ha have been talking about and we need to keep on getting boosters to that. That is to all made to the alpha variant. So the first variant that we had, this isn't necessarily going to make you very immune 
to the Delta, Delta. or the Omicron variant that's uh, coming out right now. That's We don't have research on that specifically. I know the media keeps on talking about that you need to get vaccinated, you need to get boosters because of these specific uh, viruses, but, but the vaccine wasn't made for that. It was made for the alpha strain, which is, these are mutated viruses, so they're very likely not going to be as effective. Now, there's some research that's going out there, weak research, in my opinion, showing that there is some benefit there. And we are seeing that the people that have been exposed to the alpha variant naturally are 27 times less likely to get the delta variant than the vaccinated individual. That was coming out of a Israel study. So you're getting that more robust immune system response when you have in the natural immunity because you're able to get that immune system reacting to all the proteins around the virus besides just the spike protein. So you're able to get that much more robust response. And when we're seeing that the immunity isn't waning like the vaccination, so our immunity is able to be stronger against the Delta variant. If you've been exposed to the Alpha variant, yeah, you still could have it, but if you uh, get the Delta variant or Alpha variant or Omicron variant, you're still going to probably get a uh, mutated virus that comes, but your immune system is going to be much better and you are have a very low likelihood of getting it. And I don't think we're going to see that very much with the vaccinated individuals because the vaccine hasn't been made to these new variants that are coming out there. Also, we're seeing a great deal of waning of the immune response. That's why they're talking about getting boosters because of that waning immunity that's happening. And it's concerning to me as we keep on getting boosters over and over and we keep on getting more spike protein, more spike protein, more stimulation there and more immunological response. So it's concerning to me. We need much longer term studies to really see some of the long term side effects that are going to come from this. Well, I think I think that's why in the first place we haven't seen. I mean, vaccinations towards like the common cold and things like that, because it's it's similar, you know, in that they're coronaviruses often, right? It's interesting because I think a lot of people had this misconception that like, oh, if you get the, if you get the jab, then you're good. But that's not with these types of viruses. That's not how it works. It's because of the mutations, you're going to have to constantly get it in order yeah. to, to stay up if you, if you go that route, because that's just the way those viruses work. It's not some conspiracy it's that's that's the way coronaviruses and flu viruses work. They mutate. Well, the interesting thing I want to make there is too the booster is to the alpha variant. It's not to the delta variant. It's not to the omicron variant. It's to the alpha variant that they have not changed that yet. Now they're going to have greater effects, in my opinion, likely if they actually change their vaccine to actually be for these specific variants. But they're going to have to do that every year. But right now the boosters are just to the Alpha variant. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that they're going to be very effective. And we're really not seeing that 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 is highly effective because we're seeing uh, breakthrough cases all over the place through 99 percent vaccinated. We're seeing in England and uh, and, and in Ireland and Scotland that there's 72 percent of the people in the hospital are vaccinated or 80 percent in Scotland. Uh, we're seeing different results here in uh, hospital and uh, hospitals here in the United States. And I think there's a difference in reporting. Yeah, I, I don't see it being highly effective for these new variants. It just doesn't make sense immunologically. And when I think about it critically, and when I look at the research, it's just it's following the way I'm thinking about this virus. So I think what it, I mean, can we expect in the future going to be something similar to like you know every year that they're making a, a new flu vaccine? You know, for every flu season, there's a new that. one. And so, like most likely in the future, that's what we're going to see with this virus as well. Is that just every year there's the the newest you know version? And it's a lot of times based off of like predictions and having to kind of guess at what is going to happen. And, and it's sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, yeah. that kind of a thing. That's what okay. has to be done. Yeah, yeah. 
I so, see that happening for sure. You know, there's risk obviously with everything that that we do. And you know, as people are listening here, they're gonna have to decide. I mean, they, you know, if you're going to go down with any of these types of viruses that we're talking about, measles, polio, you know, uh, the current thing that's going around, what are you going to do? I mean, are you going to uh, uh, risk natural getting getting it wildly and, and getting natural immunity? Are you going to risk getting sick from the, the natural exposure and, and then going a, a vaccinated route, possibly having to continually get vaccinations in order to continually uh, protect yourself? There's risk with both. Um, can you kind of cover just in general? Right, like, what are the what are the risks of of not vaccinating um, with any anything, and then catching you know and, and, and spreading that virus naturally versus the, the risks of, of vaccinating? So the risks of not vaccinating is you have a higher likelihood of catching that specific blood virus, bacteria, etc. So that's the risk. So if you get exposed, so you look at the risk of the specific bug that you're going to be exposed to and see how harmful that is for you. And you make the decision there. Are you willing to take the risks of getting, let's say, let's say measles or mumps or any of these viruses that we do have vaccines to? You look at them and be like, am I okay getting that virus or not? Is, is it, am I really at risk for getting from these bugs? And do I really want to get this bug? So that's the risk really from getting the natural immunity. But when you do get exposed, you're getting a really great immune response. But then you also have the potential side effects that can happen from getting measles, which can be bad in some people. It's very low if you look at the research there on measles. But there are people that do get meningitis and things like that, which is bad news. But it's extremely rare. So those are some of the risk benefits you have to weigh is between do I want to be exposed to this virus we have a vaccine for or not? So vaccines, it's very interesting what I see in the media and what I see a lot of doctors say. And I don't know why they, I guess I do kind of understand why they do what they do, but they make it like vaccines have like no side effects to them at all. And how could that be true with any medication or anything that you put into your body? There is always a potential risk there. And when you look at the research on these vaccinations, there are side effects, a lot of immunological side effects that we see, increased risks of ear infections and asthma and uh, ulcerative colitis and uh, seizures and things like that. If you really dive into the research on the studies they did, uh, this didn't happen in everyone, but these were things that were definitely happening in this population group. But if you do get the vaccine, you have a lower likelihood of getting measles or, or polio or uh, mumps or et cetera. And the research is quite clear that, yeah, you're likely going to get immune to these uh, viruses, but many times you need to get certain boosters. We're not seeing that a lot. I, I guess I'll call them boosters because that's kind of what's being used right now, but it really is just getting the vaccine again to stimulate that immunological response again. You don't really need to be doing that with measles, even though, like I talked about before, that there is some waning immunity that's happening there. But we're seeing us still be very low amounts of those viruses in our community of measles, polio, mumps, etc., because of vaccination. So it does seem to be working effectively of uh, decreasing these uh, these viruses around, but then there's potential side effects that go along with it too. So you have to weigh the risk benefits. So what I tell my patients is all I do is I give them information and I let them know, okay, this is the risk of not being vaccinated. This is the risk of being vaccinated. You need to look at if if you're high risk for these bugs or you're low risk for these bugs to really know if it's the best option for your child. I love it. My, my husband and I uh, 
we got the thing that was going around last year. It was around Thanksgiving, so it was about a year ago. And um, my husband, uh, who Dr. Jake is actually his doctor, he's a cancer a cancer patient, and so you know his he's he's one of the people that we're trying to protect, right? He got the thing that's going around, and it did give him he got pneumonia from it, and then he also got pericarditis uh, from it, which was really scary. He got through it, thank goodness, and he's been he's been good since. Uh, and so I know that was, you know, an obviously a risk, but then the interesting thing that I'm hearing now is that like now with those who are actually getting the jab is that same risk is happening, you know, where they, they're actually getting it from the jab as well. So sometimes it seems like the risk is both ways, you know, it's like, would do this and you could get it, do this and you can get it. Um, and so I do, I definitely think that um, it, I think it's really powerful that you mentioned just like really looking at your own personal, your own personal health, where you're at and, you know, what risks you have and in, in, in weighing those with each one. I know like for measles, for example, you know, the, the people that are the most at risk for, for really big, you know, really getting sick from the measles are our babies. But if the mom is immune to it because she had it uh, and she, she breastfeeds the baby, uh, she actually is protecting that baby during that entire time that they're vulnerable to it just by breastfeeding. But I'm not sure that works if the mom is vaccinated versus has the natural immunity. So there's just, it's very interesting how all of that works. Fascinating information. Thank you so much, Dr. Jake, for just giving us the facts and letting us, you know, use our our brains and, and our own circumstances to, to make a decision. Now, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and talk about their particular health situation uh, and maybe talk about you know, what they should do or not do in their health journey when it comes to protecting themselves, getting healthier, protecting their immune systems and so forth. How could they get a hold of you? So yeah, uh, visit my website, integrativemedica.com. Find our phone number there. Give us a call and talk to my receptionist and set up a visit with me. We do both in person and virtual visits. And you can set up a visit with all our other awesome doctors too, which are just as knowledgeable as I am. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Jake and everyone else. We'll see you next week. Hey, Dr. Jake, thank you for your time today. And if you enjoyed the show, then do us a favor and leave a review. It helps more people to find the show, which could save their life. And remember, this is a podcast and should not replace personalized attention from a medical professional like Dr. Jake. If you or someone you know has been diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder, cancer of any stage, or a life-changing illness, visit our website today and schedule a virtual appointment with one of our doctors who can lead you to a treatment plan in your area. That's integrativemedica.com. Integrativemedica.com. Thank you for listening to the Integrative Medica podcast with Dr. J. To hear past episodes and get alerts for the future, subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform and be sure to follow us on YouTube as well. Just search for Integrative Medica with Dr. Jake.